They're known as some of the original recyclers. The National Tractor Parts Dealer Association is a sponsor of the Business News Hour. With members in the United States, Canada, Great Britain, Australia, and New Zealand, delivering ag parts to farmers and ranchers. NTPDA.com. Welcome back to Insight on Business. Grateful you're listening to us from wherever on the planet you happen to be. With me is a founder of a company that we think you are going to enjoy learning about as we continue our trek in Orlando at CattleCon 24, the National Cattlemen Beef Association meeting. And uh, we have found a guy by the name of Henry Arrowwood with Farm Share. You are going to be amazed at his story because it directly affects you, the consumer. Henry, welcome to the Business News Hour. Great to have you here, sir. Michael, thank you so much for having me. This is, you know, when you sat down and we started talking about what it is that you do, I'm going, people need to know more about what this is because this is right on the cusp of something that is so, so powerful and so, well, it's popular out there with so many people. Uh, What is FarmShare? How did you get started with FarmShare? First of all, tell us what FarmShare is. And then we'll go into the founding story. Yeah, thank you again, Michael. FarmShare in its core is an operating system to empower farmers and ranchers to sell direct to market. So we build the full suite of tools that producers need to take their product and sell it direct to market. Uh, From websites to shipping to packaging to marketing automation, we provide the full suite of tools to empower producers to get their product in the hands of consumers directly. And this is what consumers want. It really is. You know, we've seen, especially on the back half of the pandemic, just an absolute surge in consumer demand for more transparent and traceable products, particularly in the meat sector. And that is probably because meat's not cheap. Meat is not cheap, and the consumer has a lot of concerns about meat that they're buying at the grocery store, and they definitely want to seek out you know, more transparent options where they can feel confident in the product that they're purchasing. So how'd you get into this? Well, it's an interesting story, Michael. Um, I'm actually not of an ag background whatsoever. Um, I was working in tech all my career, and uh, during the pandemic, I had a fateful opportunity to move to Montana. And I lived on a cattle ranch. Uh, I lived on a seventh generation cow-calf operation. I was working my tech job, but before and after work, I was serving as a ranch hand. I was calving. I was administering vaccines. I I was feeding cattle. And it was really at that opportunity that I began to understand some of the inefficiencies that were plaguing uh, the beef supply chain. And I was disheartened to learn of how many intermediaries sat between the ranch I was working on and the end consumer of their product. And coming from a tech background, specifically working in e-commerce, I started to think through the ways in which we could incorporate some of this direct-to-consumer infrastructure to the agriculture industry and how through better technology and empowering producers with that technology, we could provide them with more direct-to-market connectivity. Yeah, so that's an amazing story. It really is, Henry. I mean... No farm ranch background. No. You moved to Montana, and you're a ranch hand up in Montana. That must have been an exciting experience for you. It really was. You know, I have to be honest with you. The real impetus for me getting into this uh, was I watched the show Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I was living in uh, California at the time, and I thought to myself, wow, that lifestyle in Montana looks a heck of a lot better. Uh, And so that was really the real driver that took me out there and... You know, like many people in the industry, I came to recognize that that 
that show was fairly fictitious and it <laughs> wasn't really representative of what it meant to be a rancher, but I loved it nonetheless. Well, so I, I just want to dive into that just for a minute because I think this is such an interesting part of your life. And, and many people have that conception, yeah. if you will, about the cowboy life. And the cowboy life is pretty exciting. It is. But at the same time, it can be pretty lonely. That's for sure. And it's not nearly as glamorous as that show makes it out to be. <laughs> not, not every young lady's a buckle bunny. Uh, that's true. And uh, at the end of every day, you come home with a bunch of cow shit all over your yeah, pants. Right. It's, it is a difficult, difficult job. And you know, one of the things about that is that you saw this firsthand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work. And honestly, that was the reason that really got me excited to get into this yeah. industry because I didn't like learning that the producer who was busting his ass every single day was making just 14 cents on the dollar. Right. Uh, and he had to have two side gig jobs to sustain, sustain. his ranches, ranching addiction, right? I, I talk to those people all the time. Yeah. And here at NCBA, at the CattleCon 24, that is the story about so many of these folks. You know, they may be running only 50 head, yeah. you know, 60 head of cow calf. Now there's 7,000 head out there too. But these folks that are, you know, small producers... They're looking for ways to maximize their income. That's really true. Um, and, you know, there's sort of that break-even uh, threshold that a producer needs to be at for them to really make a, make a dime selling in a commercial operation, right? And what we found is, well, actually, if you have more ownership over the business and getting that product into the hands of the consumer, you can make a profitable business at a much smaller scale. And so that's what we're really in the business of. How do we sustain the lifestyles of small ag businesses across this country. And one of the things that you said off mic was that this, your offering is a business in a box. Yes. I thought that was interesting uh, because you not only provide the software for them to track what the traceability of where it's going, get new customers, and to, to, and to continue to market to those customers, uh, CMRs or C, CRM yep. systems, but you also do packaging for them. Yeah. So you'll create the labels and the, the stuff Everything. I mean, we really handle it from soup to nuts. At the end of the day, if we're going to go to a producer and we're going to say, hey, you've been a cow-calf operation for five generations, and now we're going to give you this new channel to sell through, but it also comes with 10 other things you have to manage in addition to running the farm or the ranch, well, that's not a winning proposition. Right. They're used to having a broker come and buy that cattle right off their property, and uh, that's the end of you know their, their business. If we were going to make it successful for them to participate in this new market dynamic, we need to make it turnkey for them. We needed to give them a solution whereby it really didn't add anything to their plate. And so that's what we try to do. We are that partner. We're that co-pilot. We're that business in a box that producers can just plug into and they can have access to this new market channel. One of the things I think that's perhaps a barrier is you're talking about, and it shouldn't be, but you're talking about a system that... Some folks may not quite understand at first, but money always seems to talk. Yes. And so if I'm a producer and I'm making 14 cents a pound, yeah. and you are able to bring that product to market at a higher rate, yeah. what does that mean? 
I mean, we've seen prices, uh, you know, across the board. It, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into the pricing for producers, uh, whether it be breed, whether it be the mechanism by which they raise that product, whether it be location. Um, but on average right now, we're seeing a price point of about $8 per pound across the carcass. So pretty, pretty high uh, economic incentive to participate. All right. So how do they market what it is that they have. I mean, certainly they've got the software, they understand the CRM, they're, they're working through their contacts, the individuals, but there's a whole lot more to marketing this product than that. Yeah, it's true. One of the surprising factors to most producers that are coming on uh, to our platform is there's actually a lot more pent-up demand in their local network than they probably realize. Right. If we can tell them you know, the strategies that work to actually go out to their friends, their family, their church, their local community, um, and spread the word about this new beef business that they're pursuing, they're going to find that they probably have more demand than they have supply for initially. But it's all about putting the right tools in their hand and the right frameworks and approaches to how they access that untapped potential. Um, and we really specialize in that. Once we've kind of mechanized all of that, we can really help to expand their market reach outside of that local community and to start shipping their product nationwide. One of the things, and, and not just nationwide, but let, let me build a scenario for you sure. that, I, that I'm, I'm seeing this right in front of me. Let's say we've got a, a cow-calf producer out there maybe 15 miles away from a city of 45, 50, 60,000 people. Those 60,000 people have no idea what that guy does yeah. for the most part. And his job is to sell his calves off and be done with it. But if those people in a 40, 30, 60,000 group all of a sudden realize that they can get this beef from the guy that's 5, 10, 15 miles down the road, that's big. It is big. And I'll add one thing in there that we've really realized. You know, we might think that, you know, a, a drive like two hours outside of the city is not that much. But we're living at a point in time where the consumer expects the convenience of Amazon. Right. Now. You know what I mean? It should be here right now and it should be on my doorstep and it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't cause any friction in my buying experience whatsoever. So it can sometimes be a tough sell to convince that consumer to come all the way out to the farm and pick up that product. What we've been able to do is empower local carrier networks that we can get that product delivered to that consumer's doorstep for less than $10 per shipment. I love it. I, I think this is just a, such a game changer. There are, uh, and we've had them on the news hour, there are other folks that are doing similar things. Uh, you know, it, it could be retail stuff, mm -hmm. it, you know, but but the whole system from ranch to restaurant, farm to table that you're offering is is truly a business in a box. Yeah, uh, we've seen, you know, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but we feel that we're in a great position to take on that work on behalf of our partners. And we have seen, you know, an influx of companies in the market that help with the marketing right. component, the e-commerce platform component. But where we see the biggest void right now is on the infrastructural side, right? How do I actually get this product from my ranch into the hands of the consumers? And that's where we really specialize. Yeah. You're at NCBA CattleCon 24 here in Orlando. 
What has been the experience here as you talk to producers? Are they going, what are you talking about? Or are they going, hmm, this sounds interesting? We have been overwhelmed by the positive reception. Really? I mean, it has been crazy. You know, this is our first time down here at the convention, and we didn't really know what to expect. We just had some advisors really encouraging us to come down here and establish a presence. And so we invested in a booth here, and I've got some of my teammates out down here with me, and we have just been swarmed by individuals who are really interested in what we're doing because it's on everybody's mind. It is. You know, everybody sees those producers in their community and their network who have figured this business out and they look at it with, you know, such aspirational eyes. But like you mentioned, there's a lot of barriers to entry. And so if we can make it a low risk experiment for them, they're they're all they're all game. Yeah. This is a fantastic story. See, I promised you folks that this was something that you needed to know about and, interestingly enough, want to know about. Henry, thanks so much for spending time with us. I do appreciate it. Michael, thank you for the time. How do you spell game changer for the cow-calf producer? How about farm share? That was the voice of Henry Arrowwood, the founder of Farm Share. And, yes, we will have links to their website, up on the radio blog. And that is a wrap for today. Thanks so very much for joining us. For all of us that put this together each and every day, Jap Ramsey is our production coordinator, sales and marketing, Aaron Libby. The voice of the Business News Hour is Hunter Pease, and the music you're listening to right now is arranged, composed, and conducted by our friend James Goodlett of Jam Good Productions. For all those folks, and for Henry Arrowwood, my name is Michael Libby. Have yourself a great day. Be safe. Be well. Be careful. Most of all, Be good to your fellow man. Good day.